Hi, and welcome to this episode of the Dreamers Manual Podcast. When I was thinking what I wanted to share and talk about for this fall's upcoming episodes, it occurred to me I have never done an episode about how to get hired for the job that you want. And not only have I worked in hiring in the online space for myself and for my clients, for their agencies, but I also did this before when I worked in the law office and really finding that perfect person who was a match for the personalities of the office. I've always worked in small businesses. And I think that whether you're hiring somebody for a larger business or a small business, it's important. But I think that If things are going wrong when you have a really small business, it's going to impact everyone so much more. The ripple effects are going to be bigger. And I think it's important whether we're thinking about joining a team or bringing people onto our team, that the smaller our business, the more careful we are making sure that the person is a good fit. Now, there have been lots of applications that I've seen. Sometimes we get you know, 50 applications per position in the online space. And that shouldn't intimidate you because so many of them are very easy to sort out based on some of these things I'm going to talk about today. And it's not that I think the candidates that don't get interviews aren't strong candidates, but I think that if they tweaked a few things, did a few things differently, and they're the right fit, I think there's a lot better chance to get an interview and have somebody get to know you than if you don't do these things. So let's talk about the six things I recommend that you do to increase your chances of getting hired for the job that you want. Number one, show your personality. The more that I can get a sense of who you are, the faster I can see if you'll be a good fit for the client. If you have very plain, short, or generic answers on those applications, it's usually going to get put to the side. And I know there's a fine line between being professional and showing up in a professional way and showing your personality. But I always try to include in our application some question that's going to let you highlight what your personality is. Now, this also means that if the application asks for a video, I think it's worth your time to do it. I know that If an application requires videos, I have seen the statistics and people talk about it in Facebook groups where they say they just flat out won't apply. They refuse to do a video. And if you're thinking about especially a really popular position, I make our videos optional because I don't want to automatically exclude someone. But then anybody who does do that, it just shows me how above and beyond they have gone. So I would say for every 25 applications, we maybe get one video. And you talk about standing out. The fact that somebody went through the time to make that one video, I'm not professionally critiquing it. I don't particularly care even what you say, unless it's there's some like major red flag. I just want to get to know a little bit more about you. And that enthusiasm is going to go a long way. So number two, I would try to create your portfolio and anything you're going to send to the client so it actually is speaking to that client and their pain points. So let me explain. And I'm, listen, not only have I done this, but I'm really speaking from a place of love and 
having been there. So this isn't like pointing out or calling out anybody. If this is you, that's okay. But so many portfolios that I see, especially for virtual assistant positions, people starting out, they have a little intro paragraph that sometimes says like, this is where I live. This is how many pets I have. I live off of dry shampoo and coffee. Listen, (laughs) me too. And I want you to think about how you can rephrase that to talk about how your experience will impact your client. For example, if you came from a big family, I grew up organizing my sibling schedules and I live off of my daily to-do list. As a former teacher, leading and training teams come super naturally to me. I can communicate hard concepts and make them simple. So you see how we're still sharing about you, but we're not just having a paragraph of like, you know, that what could go in your high school yearbook or something. Now, two other things for your portfolio. Some people don't like putting pictures on portfolios. I don't have a strong feeling one way or the other. I do think if you're talking about cons, there are people that would argue that certain demographics or just if people look a certain way, they're not going to get an interview. You know, I, I can't speak to that per se. I'm just, for me, I like to, I feel more connected when somebody has a photo because I can picture having a conversation with them. It doesn't have to be a professional photo or headshot. Um, It could be a lifestyle or even a family photo, just depending on your job that you're applying for and the values. But if you don't have a strong feeling towards it being a red flag, I would consider including it. And then make sure that your portfolio, especially if it's in Canva, is clickable so people could click a link to book a meeting with you or click to take them to your social media. Those are just the little extra things. And I know I don't have to say this, but for the love, please check your spelling and your grammar. Make sure everything works. If you're applying for a detail-oriented position like a virtual assistant and I'm clicking links and they're not working or they're taking me to the wrong place, it's almost like you shouldn't have submitted a portfolio at all. Or if I can identify a typo, it's just hard because there are so many amazing and qualified people applying that those types of things in a really competitive application pool will get you eliminated. Now, my third tip to get hired for the job that you want is don't be too cool for school. (laughs) No, I think that enthusiasm trumps many other things. And you can tell enthusiasm when someone applies. There are even candidates that I've interviewed that don't seem that enthusiastic about the job. And for me, I'd much rather take someone with less experience or that maybe have less skills in the area that we're applying for that we can train them and have them be more excited about the position than someone who really doesn't seem to care one way or the other, whether they get the position. You can even do this in writing. It doesn't have to be through a video or audio or at the interview. I think just saying, I'm really excited for this position and, you know, really going through and talking about showing your personality, but showing adding more than one word answers in that case looks like you spent more effort on it. And that translates also to being more enthusiastic. Now, tip number four, I think can sometimes be a mindset block for people, but following up. If the application doesn't preclude it, some will obviously read your applications carefully. Then I think follow 
sending an email initially and establishing that contact and saying, Hey, I'm really excited about this position. I filled out the application, sent over my portfolio. I'm really excited. If you need anything or want to reach out again, here's my information. Can't wait to hear from you. And then within a certain amount of time, you know, after the application period closes, maybe three days, maybe two days, you reach out and say, I just want to share again how excited I am for this position. I'm here if you have any questions, just establishing that relationship. And I think it keeps you top of mind. It's hitting some of those things where it's showing your personality because you are going to follow through and not let things fall through the cracks. And you're also showing enthusiasm. So you see they're kind of, these are related all like a spider web. Now, if you're sending correspondence in addition to anything also in your application, Again, please check your spelling and grammar, triple check them. I've had people send in applications where the name of the business they're applying for is misspelled. The business owner's name is misspelled. And those are easy things to double check and triple check. They're in the application. There are tools online you can use like Grammarly, which is a plugin you can install to your browser, especially if you have something like Chrome. And it will even do your spell check for you. But if you have to, I've literally cut and paste things sometimes into a spreadsheet and just done a spell check on them because spelling is not my number one best friend. I remember one of my first hires I made in the law office. Back then we didn't have Grammarly. And so back in the day, and I would have to yell out to where she was in the lobby and say, how do you spell such and such? Because she was a really strong speller. And I was misspelling things so poorly that my spell check was like, I don't, I don't know, girl. (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. It's a big plus to me that somebody can show up and have those skill sets because it's not a natural skill set to me. But it also is just, I feel like the bare minimum when you're applying for positions, just to make sure that those are showing up in the way that you want to represent yourself. Now, number six is sort of a controversial one, and I'll explain why, but showing your value And how some people might do that is, for example, if the position asks you for attention to detail, you could review their website for errors or broken links and just say, you know, in your initial letter, I've applied for this position. I know you said you really wanted someone with attention to detail. I just wanted to share that when you click this link, it takes you to an error code on your website Uh, and then attach the link or, you know, even a quick little video if you feel like something needs more explanation. And I'm the first to say that we're not in the habit of doing free work for anybody. And if this doesn't feel in integrity to you, by all means, don't do it. But going above and beyond and including something like, you know, I noticed that you said you wanted someone to help with Pinterest and I've created, you know, three Pinterest graphics for your latest blog post. I've created a social media graphic template that you can use for your blog posts in the future. Those little things are such classy touches. And if you have the time and space, especially if you're looking for, you know, some of your early clients, then you could think about doing this. There are certainly times when I have outside of paid retainer time gone above and beyond and worked up spaces in ClickUp to show clients, you know, what that space could do for them and their particular projects. 
this wasn't in the application process, but I think if you use your creativity, you can come up with ideas that will just show your excitement, enthusiasm, professionalism, and skill when it comes to getting that position. And you might not want to do this with every position, but if there's something that you really, really want going above and beyond, I don't think hurts anything. My caveat is I have worked with business owners, a small handful, but there were owners that did not want things pointed out to them. They didn't, they already knew there, for example, there might be misspellings on their website. They weren't looking for a detail oriented person. It wasn't related to the position and they got very irritated when those kind of things were brought up. So I think if you're naturally that person and that does irritate someone, then it's sort of naturally selecting that you're not a good fit for that person. If what you do naturally and what's exciting and brings you joy and sort of that detail stuff annoys somebody, then there's a client out there that's really going to love and appreciate you. And maybe that's not the one. So I would still would say do it, but just know that there are people that really, or they sometimes get offended, which I don't really teach their own. And as a bonus, this isn't number seven, but this is just something that I want to share from being behind the scenes for many, many hires in this online space is that knowing that if you didn't get the job, it's the best outcome for everyone involved. The opportunities that are really meant for you are not going to miss you. And there have been many times where I haven't hired someone, not because they weren't excellent, amazing, talented, I just knew that the client's work habits, personality, projects, something that was inside of the business would not have been a good fit for that person. And most times I'll take that person's information and save it and then refer them out when I do find something that's a good fit for them. It's just really, sometimes we can have in our mind that this opportunity or this position is going to be the be all end all or that we'd love it. And ultimately there are people that I really love in this online business space and I would never apply to work with them just because I know our work styles are different and it wouldn't mesh. So take those things with a grain of salt. If you don't get picked up for a position that you really wanted, I truly believe it's absolutely for the best for everybody involved. Now, if you are a longtime listener, you know by now that I have my favorite resource. If you're getting started hiring somebody for your own business, whether that's to support you with your social media, a virtual assistant, someone to help share the work and you want to build more of an agency model, I firmly believe that if you do these foundational steps, it's going to help you so, so much in narrowing down and finding that perfect candidate for you. And you can find that workbook completely for free. It's at julietraining.com backslash starter kit. I hope this is really helpful for you and I hope you have an amazing week. See you on the next episode.